so wonderful. So good to be here this morning. And it is so. I want to thank you for the privilege of having me over this place. We just come from Redcliffe. And uh, what a place that is. It's amazing. Last time I was there, the auditorium was facing one way. Now it's facing the other, facing the other way. And look at this glorious place that you have. Hey, never take for granted what you've got. Let me tell you, never take for granted what you've got. You are so blessed. <laughs> you are a people that are blessed from God, that God has given you these great riches and incredible things for you. He's given you eternal life. <laughs> He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given us the living word. He's given us the great community of faith. That's us to get together in this place. We are the community of faith that God wants to use in this place, in this suburb, and in this time. And never take for granted what we have. You know, many times we do take for granted what we have. Until we don't have it, then we realize, oh, wow. But this is what God wants us to have, a heart of gratefulness, a heart of thankfulness. Thankfulness for what he has done and what he's doing in people's lives. Hey, who's thankful for this place? I am overwhelmed by what God is doing in this area. Look at this place. Unbelievable. So thankful for your leaders. A visionary. This wouldn't have happened unless they stepped out in faith and obeying what the Holy Spirit would draw them to do. This wouldn't have been here, but they saw it and they've made this happen. And praise God for that, for visionary leaders. Thank God for people like yourselves that come. And what a great team that here. You know, church didn't happen this morning. There's a massive team that works behind the scenes, the worship, the preparation, and everything like that. Kids program that runs, the youth program. Can I tell you, that youth program is amazing. Send, your, send, send others there because that's where they encounter God and that's where their lives will be changed. And you guys get a chance to break from your kids as well. Your teenage kids have some freedom in the house. But I want to encourage you, just be so thankful for what you have. Be grateful what you have. And I want to thank all the leaders. I want to thank everybody that's involved that made this service happen. God's smiling on you and saying, thank you. Thank you for being a light. Thank you for being a stake in the ground. Thank you of giving of yourself. And you're making a difference. Hey, there's a challenge out there too, you know, that each one of us can respond as well. If you've got a challenge and say, you know what, I've been itching to do something, or maybe you haven't done something for a while, get involved again. Get involved again. Even if it's a little thing of welcoming people, can I encourage you to do that? And that's what God will like us to do. It's not just being people that receive, but we receive and we give. Praise God. Hey, this morning as I've been preparing, as I've been waiting on God, say, God, what, what do you want to share with these wonderful folks, these wonderful people here? What is it in their heart? And I really felt God lay this message on my heart, and I pray that it will um, be a blessing to you. It's from Isaiah, and uh, where the prophet Isaiah, it's in the Old Testament, and he was a prophet, and he actually calls out, right, and he calls people to come back to God. Well, the people of Israelites, they were far from God. They were distant from him. Like, it's amazing when things go good, 
people go their own way. <laughs> when things don't go so good, they're running back to God, help me, please help me. But when things go good, we just seem to take our own direction. And that's where the Israelites' people, things were great. They were living in prosperity. They were living all of a sudden. They turned from their ways. And for a short time, it says in the scripture that God actually abandoned them. He wasn't longer with them. But it was only for a moment. And then the scripture comes out and it's like God scoops down and gives them this invitation. It's found in Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Hey, is it on the screen? Here it is. Okay, who's going to help me read this? Come on. Are you ready? I want you to read it. Prophet Isaiah, you're speaking it out. Ready? Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters and you will have no money. Come. Come, come to me. I feel that's what God is saying to us. Not that we have abandoned him or that we're far from him, but I feel the challenge this morning that God says, you know, I want you to come to me afresh. Come to me afresh. He's drawing us back to him. In fact, he has set a table before us. A table set before us says, come, I've set a table for you. Come if you're hungry. Come if you're thirsty. You know what? It's free. It's set before you, a table for you. So then when you come, you can be nourished. You can be full. You can be satisfied. But most grateful of it is that you can actually listen. Listen to me. I don't know if you, you have your Sunday gatherings or when you gather around together. I remember at my mum's place in our home, when we gather together, let me tell you, the table's always full. And it's wonderful because we, that's our opportunity where we talk, where we eat, and where we can have opportunity to just be full. And in my mum's place, let me tell you, the pasta kept flowing. <laughs> it was an amazing place. The roast was there. And, and I remember a time that sometimes that the, the roast was, it was actually, it, did, it got burnt. And my mum was really worried. What are we going to do now? People are coming over. What are we going to put on the table? You know, but somehow... She managed to do something and put something on the table. And let me tell you, people were still satisfied and full. I want to encourage you today. I feel that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. Come, come to me. I've set a table before you so you actually can enjoy and be satisfied. Can you remember a time in your life when you actually heard God call you for the very first time? You know, it, it comes at different times, at different ages for different people. Some, but when you're tuned, your ear to hearing his call, when your eyes are focused, it's amazing you hear his call. He can identify with me, right? And it's how sweet is it? Like everybody's deafened to it, but it happened to be that you actually heard God say, come, come to me. I remember I was at only nine years old. Even though I was born in a, a Christian family and uh, had the blessing of the covering of a Christian family, I kind of like abused that in the sense, knowing that my parents are always praying for me, knowing that the blessing, I didn't have to worry, I didn't have to pray for things. Things just happened for me and I was, everything was happening. Why? Because I was living under this cover uh, of blessing, of grace. But when I was nine, I realized I heard the call for myself. I was at a crusade 
right? I was only nine and there was a speaker there and something ignited in my heart that was personally for me. And it came and the call was there. It says, come, and I responded. And let me tell you, things have never been the same before. Something ignited inside of me, into my spirit, right? And from that moment, all things changed for me for the better. And I wasn't so much relying on my parents' covering, but I began to discover this incredible relationship in God. Can you remember that moment? God wants to refresh it again. He doesn't want you to forget it. He says, you know, like you came then, I want you to come again. Come hungry. Come thirsty. Because I have so much more for you. God wants us to respond to that. And give us that moment once again of revelation and of truth. I was with a friend three days ago. He was telling me how when he came to know God, what God did in his life, and it's just the change that happened inside of him. Who can identify like that? Is anybody here that can say, look, it was like dark to light? And others people say, well, it wasn't quite, it was grey for me, but then it became light. Who knows what I'm talking about? Jason knows. <laughs> Josh, is it? Josh knows. Josh, I want to I bless you, mate. I want to say thank you so much. You actually put a post up, didn't you? You did, saying what Emerge Church has actually done for you. And what a grace. You know, let your story go out. You know, five, was it five years ago? Five years ago, you walked in this place. And it's like a table was set before you, mate. It was physical food <laughs> that drew you. But look now, you're here, you're hungry, and your life tells a story. And what a great thing it is. And this is what God wants to do. There has to be multiplied of Josh's coming in and great revelations of life turning. And that's why let's give it up for Josh for being faithful, for hearing that call. Unbelievable. And let that be a mirror of so much other things that God wants to do in your own lives, in your relatives, in your friends, people that you think, how can they ever hear the call of God? Let me tell you, God works behind the scenes. If you looked at Josh five years ago, you thought, no way. Look at him now. And you know what? Look at him in 12 months' time. What God, because God has so much more for you. He says the past is behind you. And he has something fresh for you. Don't put him up here, even though his ways are higher than your ways. And he says, open your eyes and see the connections that he has for you. And he wants to make your way broader and greater. Praise God for what God wants to do. Thank you, Josh, for setting an example for this place. And this is why we do what we do. Because of seeing people's lives change. Like yourself, you're the Josh. <laughs> Wonderful. And how many are there? Other people in this community, if you could only hear what God hears, if you can only see what God sees, He hears the cries, He hears the abuse going on, He hears the arguments, He hears His people, His children, just not knowing how to break through of a life. That is not meant to be like that. And he's planted this campus, as many as other churches in this place, to be a lighthouse, to represent. And says, I put you here so they can come in. Because when the church gathers, when the church comes together, it's not a group, it's not a society, it's not a club. It's the body of Christ. 
and the presence of God is in this place that changes, that works from the inside out. And God wants to encourage you to come. Come to him afresh. Don't have your set agendas, but come to him afresh this morning. Feel his grace. Feel his love. Because that's what he desires us to. I just want to share four simple things about why God's calling us to come to him. He's calling us to come to him afresh because of his love for you and for me. God loves us intimately. He loves us beyond we can ever imagine. I love what it says in 1 John 4, verse 10. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, right? And that he sent his son as an atoned sacrifice for our sin. The Greek word there that's talked about love there is a self-giving love. Gives without demanding or expectations of any repayments. What a love that is. Some of us don't even realize what that love is because we're conditioned to love people. So then actually, what can I get from them? What is the investment that I can put in so then I can get an investment back? But God doesn't work like that. (laughs) He's the total opposite. He just says, I love you because I created you. You are mine. And I love you despite what you've done. Despite what you may be thinking of or even doing behind the scenes. God says, oh, don't worry about that. I still love you. And he's saying, come. Come as you are. Come to me because I love you. And so much. So come as you are. The second reason God wants us to come is because Jesus made a way for you and for me. Never forget what Jesus had done for us. I like that, the opportunity of people going to Israel. Me and my wife had that great opportunity to go there. Let me tell you, the Bible comes alive when you're in Israel. We read about it. But then when the revelation came to me that Jesus actually walked along this path, possibly, well, the the walls are there, more than likely, The pool was there and Jesus was there. Something happens. And to know that Jesus made a way for us, that he died on the cross for you and for me, and that not only did he die a selfless death, but he rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit. What I love, you've got to understand that he wants us to understand that Jesus made the way for us. Because sometimes that is our journey, right? God loves turning crucifixions into resurrections. As you die to things, as we know what Jesus has done, then we're able to say, you know what? I'm going to die to those things. I'm going to crucify those things. Because then God takes them and he gives the ability to resurrect them in a new light, in a new way. What you thought you killed and died, God says, don't worry, I'm going to resurrect it in a new way, in a fresh way. Why? Because you're following the example of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to never forget the love that God has for you, the way he demonstrated that love through Jesus Christ. And he's the doorway for us. The third thing God wants us to come to him because he's given us the Holy Spirit. Oh, the deposit of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that my sister, Pastor Nina, has spoken a lot about this and you've heard this. That's her passionate area is the Spirit of God. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, 
It's a faith that, we, that he gives us, and it's a guarantee that, he, that God deposits it in our spirit that gives us the ability to do what he's called us to do. You know, no one can live this life according to what God has for us by ourselves. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. That's why we, he's given us the Holy Spirit to be with us. And we should never, ever take it for granted who we are because of what Christ and the ability that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in the truth and in the understanding that he has. The fourth reason God wants us to come is that our lives can be satisfied. Who wants to be satisfied today? I tell you what, satisfaction is one of the most greatest things. See, we're living in, in a world that satisfaction, success is seen all different. It's all upside down compared to God's ways. God wants to satisfy you from the inside, right? That you are satisfied from within your spirit. It's not what I'm wearing or where I live or what I have to be satisfied. Satisfaction is from within and it flows without. That's what God wants to do. Because if we get the inside right, let me tell you, it flows out and everything else will come. In the New Testament, there's lots of scriptures, right, that speak about Jesus says, come to me. I just want to share some of them with you. And then after we're going to go and elaborate on some of these areas. Look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. It says, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Here's Jesus, the little children. Here's Jesus wanting to gather the little children. And he's seeing that people are restricting the little children to come to him. And he says, don't do that. Let them come to me. Let there be no hindrance for us to come. And I feel God doesn't want anybody to be held back. Today, I don't know what might be holding you back to come into a fresh place to come into his presence and to his place. What is holding you back? Maybe preconceived ideas. Maybe fear of failure. Maybe the fear of, you know, not knowing what is up ahead. I feel that God wants to release that. And he's saying, come. Don't be held back. Actually, he speaks of the things. Let them go. I pray over you that you will let those things go. Maybe you're not good enough in saying, God, I'm not good enough to come before you today. I feel, I feel far from you. I feel distant from you. I don't feel your love. It's not about feeling. It's about having faith to know that God has done it for you. And he's saying, come to me. Don't be restricted. Maybe you're thinking of going to the youth camp. Saying, but I don't know anybody there. What, what environment? What is it going to be like you've never been to? A youth camp. Let me tell you, take the faith step. Maybe parents are saying, well, I don't know what they get up to over there. Look, it's a God environment. It's a safe environment. You know, many of the encounters that happen for young kids and teenagers happen in a youth camp. I talk about my daughter, Izzy, you know, and it's good to see her here, Izzy. <laughs> she keeps telling me all the time it was, she had a dream, and in that dream, you know, it was revealed to, in, in that actually happened in a youth camp. God brings, it's an environment where things come alive. That's why God wants us to come to him. 
He wants us to come to places where dreams. He wants to speak to us. It's like the table set. He says, come, now listen to what I have. So I encourage you and let yourself go in the sense of let nothing hold you back. That's what I'm trying to say. Let nothing hold you back or restrict you to coming to him. All right, the thing too, look, it's Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God wants to take your weariness. God wants to take your burdens. <laughs> but the key thing is for you to come. Come with an open heart and faith and say, here it is. I don't even know how to give it to you. But I come with an open heart and I give it to you. Those who are thirsty, those who are hungry, those who have no money, those who are weary, those who are burdened, come. Come to me. God says, you know, I have the wonderful privilege of cooking for my family because my wife comes home late, as Jack was saying. She, she works as a counsellor, so most of the time she's out talking to people. And so I get the wonderful privilege of cooking. So we do this. Who can families, who, who cooks for their families? Jack, it's wonderful to see that you're cooking. Things have changed. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> wow, let's take, a, <laughs> let's take a note of that. <laughs> well, I take pride in my cooking, and I make sure that... Do you take pride in your cooking, Jack? Do you really? He does, he does good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway... Jack takes pride in his cooking. <laughs> so we do our most, don't we, Jack? To make sure the food that we put on the table that we've provided for our family tastes the best. We put time and effort into it, you know. And you always know, there's all, I've got one daughter. Yeah, I've got three daughters, actually, but this one daughter, you know, two of them come and they're actually starving. And when they come, they just so indulge, say, Dad, this is the best stir fry you've ever done. Every time, this is, this, this one is definitely the best one. And I know this because they're probably starving. Or this is the best fish. Oh, man, this is the best fish you ever caught. But one daughter just comes and it's like a bird, you know, she just picks like this. Picks, picks. And I just know she stopped off somewhere <laughs> and had some junk food. <laughs> But the funny thing about it, you know, she'll pick little things, little things. And it's so irritating to me because I put so much, fat, you know, so much work in it, so much effort in it. And they have enjoyed what I've done. And then I'll clean the kitchen, make sure everything's right. And as soon as I put the tea towel away, kitchen clean, in comes my daughter. Starving, you know. Opens up the fridge, gets everything out and starts eating. And I just get, I said, why couldn't you wait? Why couldn't you hold back? and not eat that junk food <laughs> that try to satisfy you for a moment. You know, couldn't you hold off and wait for the special meal to come out? You know, many times our Christians life like that, isn't it? <laughs> we just go out and just have whatever we want. Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. That's going to satisfy me. But God says, I put a table before you. Can't you wait? Wait, because I've got some incredible food that I want to give you that's going to truly satisfy. What you've had, you're just going to, going to get you hungry again. You're going to be starving in five minutes. But what I have to offer you is going to be satisfying. And the key thing I hate about it is because we didn't even have the opportunity to sit down and talk. Why? 
because she was too busy doing other things. This God wants us to come. He wants us to sit at his table. He wants us to eat and be satisfied. Can I encourage you not to give in to the temptations of this world, its ways of darkness, so they, the, the so-called easy way, self-indulgence, compromising living. You know, the devil, that's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy and kill the very thing that God wants to plant in you. But this is a wonderful thing about it. Jesus has come to destroy the power in our lives of what God's do, what the enemy wants to do. I love the scripture. I came across it in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 13. It's because of God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as human beings could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus has broken the power of the devil over our lives. We belong to God. The Spirit of God is greater who lives in us than he that is in the world. And he is within us. And sometimes we forget the power that we possess, the ability that we can be led by his spirit to conquer those things in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know that you've been called by God? Even though that we are of this world, in this world, we're not of this world. You are an ambassador for Jesus Christ, representing him, showing people off who I am. This is Christ in me. My life should represent God in every way possible. And I encourage you, that's what God wants to do in your life. That's why we need to come to him so we can be refreshed, we can be renewed, and we can have the sustenance that we need for it as we do and delight in his word and his grace. You know, I had the wonderful privilege of just being with so many people, walk them through the journey of uh, once they've connected with God and had that revelation of coming. And it's so good. You know, just people like most of you in this room had to start a journey somewhere. Hey, and there's essential things that we need to never, ever go hungry of what God wants to do in our lives with a spirit of coming to him. Because he's saying, I've love you. I've made a way for you. I've given you my spirit. Why? Because I want you to be satisfied. And there's things that God has given us to keep us close to him. One of the greatest things is his word, the Bible. Who loves the Bible? Pass me my Bible, please. I love my Bible so much. I love this thing so much. It's the word of God. It's the powerful word of God. You know why I love this word so much? You know why it's, it's done a few kilometers, this word? <laughs> Just like me. Exactly. And it's got a few more to go. <laughs> it's got a few more to go. Why? Because it's the word of God that has kept me. When life had wanted to pull me away, 
and draw me in other direction. It's been the word of God that's kept me alive. It's the word of truth. Look in Psalm 119, verse 47, it says, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your word. I stay awake through the night thinking about your promises, filling your mind and your heart with the living word each day gives you all you need for life. I can't stress it anymore. The more you eat and drink of these promises and the word of God, it's going to give you the ability to survive through what God has and the ability to conquer, to take things in accord to what God wants you to do and that you can actually be led by him. You know, God wants to lead you into new places. But what it is, is fear holds us back. The word of God, because it's like, can you see it's a bit darker out there? Sometimes that, what our lives, we like to be in the, the limelight. We want to know what's up ahead. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we walk by faith, when God is challenging us to say, come to me, we say, but it's a bit darker over there. I can't really see the steps. I can't see what's ahead of me. But as we read God's word, it becomes a light for us. It says, okay, I can see the step ahead of me. And that's the faith step that I take in trusting in God. But I'm fearful. I've been, you don't know what I've been through. No, we don't. But God's word can reveal the truth of what you can do. And I feel that that's what God wants to do and set some people when you come to him, as you come with his word and begin to take the steps that he desires you to do, that he will illuminate the way for you. He'll make it clear for you as you make the right decisions. He will confirm those steps for you. See, and this is the thing that God wants you to be able to break it in this place and in this suburb and in this whole estate of wherever, um, Moro. What's, what's the place called again? Morafield, I know, I've read the sign many times. <laughs> Morafield is that you've been planted to be a lighthouse here. Do you realize that? You are God's intended uh, ambassadors to ref represent him in this place. And you can only represent it, not on your own terms, but on God's terms. So it's not by feeling how, but you don't know I'm shy. You don't know my story. No, I don't know your story, but I know God's power story. I know what God can do and how he can transform a life as you read and lean on him. It's not us. It's him in us as we begin to surrender our own perfect way to him. Powerful thing is prayer. Everybody knows it. But let me tell you, if you pray, I, I grew up in a home with my um, parents would just be praying. Something so special, waking up, they would wake up, man, early, 5 o'clock, sometimes 4.30, sometimes it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd and I hear my mum praying. She had obviously a gift for prayer on her life, but she would pray. There's something powerful about hearing someone praying for you. You know, Josh just didn't come, but people were praying for him. Let me tell you, I've been involved in new people, new Christians for many, many years, over 10 years. No, 20 years, over 20 years. I always ask this question. I asked them, said, mate, this is a beautiful decision you made today. It's a great decision. I said, have you got, you know, you know do you know there's people praying for you? People have been praying for you? Is there someone, a Christian you got? 
Someone said, oh, yeah, my grandma, she said she'll pray for me. And someone said, yes, so-and-so is praying for me. And then this one time, I'll never forget it, this lady came. She goes, oh, no, I come from a background. No one's prayed for me. Absolutely no one. No, no one in my family. No, I've got no friends that are Christians. I come here today and just the word is really thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit switched on the lights and said, oh, no, I remember in grade two when I was in Canada, my teacher prayed for me. A simple prayer, grade two in Canada, one little prayer that she can record that the Holy Spirit brought to her, said, someone did pray for me. That's why it's important. This doesn't come about. And I tell you, most of the people, I had a guy that I met, head of a bikey, right? You saw him, and he prominent bikey guy. I sat down with him. I said, man, God's done something. He says, oh, yeah, God's been saying, but I'll let you tell you someone. I didn't find out, but someone actually wrote my name on a board, and they were praying for me. It was an Easter time. I don't know. In our church, what we used to do, we used to believe for certain people come to the Lord. So we'd write their names on a posted note, and we had a cross, and we stuck it to this cross because it was Easter, and believing that God will speak to them and draw them at Easter time. (laughs) This guy, he found out that someone was praying for him, right? So he came to church, and he gave his life. And let me tell you, he's still going on for God now, and that was 15 years ago. Radically gave up his leadership in that area, right? And where did it start from? It started from someone praying for him. You're here because someone prayed for you. I'm here because someone prayed for you. But here's a thought. In Hebrews, it talks about Jesus is our intercessor. Can you imagine there's a room next door there? Can you imagine if Jesus is actually in here, but I'm just saying... Can you imagine him being in the next room and you hear him interceding for you, saying, God, help Jack. Oh, he needs your help so much. Lord, you see the youth camp that he's got to go up and all the things that he's believing for you. Lord, break it free for him. You know the faith goals that he set. Lord, do it. What would that do to your faith? Because I've grown up and I've heard that waking up. Maybe you've never heard that. But let me tell you, Jesus is interceding for you. Other people. And that's why it's so important for you, as for each one of us, to never neglect the prayers that we come together and pray for this place. Because prayer is the thing that breaks through and moves the heart of God. Hebrews 5, 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers of pleading with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. She built that reverence for him, coming to him. You know what? God's going to hear your prayers. He's going to act on your behalf according to his will and his purposes. The third thing, remain in a community of faith. It's so important. So important. Don't try and do this on your own. You only survive for a little bit. It's the community of faith that comes together, that believes together, that love is shared, that community is given, 
that when you pray, when you believe God, when faith is spoken out and you receive it, something happens inside of you. I don't know how many times in this community of faith that my life has been changed and uh, transformed. It wasn't that long. This time last year, actually, 12 months ago, that I just had this impression in my heart. This is why it's so important to be to hear, to come to God so you can listen to his voice. Stuff was happening in my body that I didn't even realize was happening. But God knew. And God was challenging me. Change your doctor. Change your doctor. These voice, this, this echo of voice. Who, who, who does that impression of change your doctor or go here or go there or do that or keep away from that? Don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit guiding us. Fine. And I'll just respond. Like, Why do I want to change my doctor? He's my... My doctor's been my family doctor for 30 years. Why, why do I want to change my doctor? Anyway, I listened to that voice. I changed my doctor. And he said, why are you here? I said, well, can you, oh, listen, I'm nearly 60. Not like Pastor Mark. He's 60 today. <laughs> Give it up to Pastor Mark. If you send him a text, say, we love you, 60. Yeah, it's a new 40. <laughs> anyway, so I said, okay, let's do all the checks. Text the blood and everything like that. And he just stopped. My doctor, this new doctor just stopped. And he goes, well, listen, why are we doing all those checks? Why don't we check your kidneys as well? I said, well, you're the doctor, you know. So it came back that my right kidney had a massive growth in it, right? I had no symptoms, nothing. As soon as he said that, I said, this is a miracle. He goes, well, we call it incidental fine. I said, this is a miracle. <laughs> this is absolutely a miracle. No symptoms, nothing. Within two months, they took the kidney and they realized it was full of cancer. And the words that came to me, God said, what was in the dark, he brought to the light. What the devil meant for evil, he turned to good. All glory to God. I'm not meant to be here. But the greatest thing about it, in, in Christmas, I got COVID. My family, my beautiful wife, she gave me COVID. <laughs> you did. You gave me the best Christmas present, darling, COVID. <laughs> and God knew that my wife was going to give me COVID for Christmas. <laughs> but after Christmas, it was a Christmas present. <laughs> but I got it so bad. Let me tell you, it was so, my throat was on fire. It was absolutely burning. And I knew it was working its way. But God gave me an incredible word during, during that. And uh, it says that as I just would rely on him, strength. And he is my refuge and my strength, an ever-present need in a time of trouble. So he gave me that word. That's why the word's important. You know, COVID came, but he gave me the word as well. It's okay. I've got this. You're my, Lord, you're my refuge. And I remember there, and fear started to knock. Who's had fear knock on your door? <laughs> you know, it's all right. It's all good. And fear came to knock because my throat was absolutely on fire. I've never experienced anything like that before. I started coughing blood. I didn't tell that to my, my wife. But then I realized that it was working its way to my lungs. And I said, if it works it there, I know that I'm in hospital. I try to do all the diligent things. But I remember it just being in bed and just fear was starting to knock. You're going to hospital. You're going to do this. That's going to happen to you. You're coming down. You, who knows if you're going to be survived this. But by the grace of God, I was there, and then I had a picture of this man who had throat cancer, right? And while he had throat cancer, 
He started worshipping God. He went, <gasps> couldn't even breathe. <gasps> Thank you, Jesus. <gasps> Praise your name. <gasps> I love you, Lord. And I said, if he can praise God in that condition, I can praise God. As I just began, I said, so what? If I go to the hospital, praise God. God's going to be with me there in the hospital. Wherever I go, and I started worshiping. I started lifting the name of Jesus. I began to say, how thankful you are, oh God. Oh, I just love you so much. And as I was worshiping, by all means, as I was breathing in, it was like this cool breeze was putting out the fire in my throat and soothing it. And I just took the breath in. I realized it was just putting the fire out. And I just said, bang. I said, that's it. COVID, you die from this moment. You have no more room. You take no more ground in my life. In the name of Jesus, you've broken it in Jesus' name. And let me tell you, from that day, COVID had left. It taken many days to heal. I said, God, what? I know you touched me. He said, it was like a tsunami, John. It came, it destroyed you, and it took a while to clean up. I went to see my doctor. He says, John, if you, if we didn't take that kidney and realize what would have happened, you would have found it very difficult to survive what you went through. Going through treatment for kidney cancer and COVID, it would have been a big fall. The miracle working power of God. Why? Because I just listened to his voice. I came and I was obedient and relying on him, worshipped, let the word of God take root. I encourage you guys, all of us, have a hunger for him. Come to him daily. You know, come to him daily. I know life is full. The demands are always there. But the creator of the universe, it could save your life like it did. I'm not supposed to be here. That's why I can stand with confidence to say this, because he's a miracle-working God. And I'm not anyone special, just like Josh is no one special. But we're hearts, and each one of you, just be open to the Spirit of God, what he wants you to do, sensitive to him. And he says, come. He might say, come here. Because he wants you to connect with someone that you need to extend your hand and be Christ's hands and mouth and legs to them. Father, I thank you for this wonderful group. I thank you that this just didn't happen, but this was in your thoughts. This was in your timing because you love and care for these wonderful area and all this wonderful people. I ask a Holy Spirit that you can give the revelation to each one of us, the importance that the invitation is there for us as well, that as we come to you daily, as we eat from you, as we sit in your presence, as we hear and listen, let your peace come. Let your peace come upon us in Jesus' name.